Brought to you by Oahu Beach Face Savers, unless someone real wants to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Hey Cameron, how are you? I'm doing alright, Chance. How about yourself? Well, I'm good. I have a question for you today. Uh Uh-huh. This is totally unrehearsed. Yes. (laughs) We have not gone over this beforehand. Uh, you know how it's always been vanilla ice cream with chocolate covering? Basically, since the beginning of time, yes. Yeah, since the beginning of time. Well, we really prefer Heath Bar Crunch. So true, just like my main man Minkus. So here, while we record this podcast day, I thought it'd be nice if we ate some Heath Bar Crunch Klondike Bars. This has not been sponsored by Klondike Bars. Hashtag could be sponsored. Klondike, get at us. Hit us up. Check out our Twitter. So we're going to munch on these. This is probably going to be great audio for the beginning of the podcast. Uh So we might cut this out. Or we might not. I feel like... It really adds... It adds a special something, I think. So, Cameron, how was your week? Pretty terrible. Oh, yeah? Why? <laughs> His ice cream's just melting them. Troubles away. Um, one of my sons was sick. Like, really sick with the flu. Now the other one is. So we're just a bunch of sickness. Um, school is wild. The kids are wild. But spring break's on the horizon. So I got one more week. And there's a week off. I'm so excited. Is it that close to spring break already? Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm. We shouldn't take bites at the same time. No. This is so good and so bad at the same time. Man, Mingus is right. He's part crunch, you know? I'm never going back. Who would just do vanilla covered in chocolate? Do you have a class clown? I have a class of mini clowns. They're not all clowns. They're some wonderful, wonderful kids. There's just something test to me, you know? I really feel Mr. Feeney. <laughs> he just, he speaks to me every week. I really just to feel- my heart. I really feel Sean. <laughs> that was a good crunch, I just thought. That was. That was a very good crunch. These aren't Heath Bar Crunch because I couldn't find anything called that. Mm-hmm. But it's the only Heath Bar thing I could find in the grocery store aisle. I mean, it works. It's not on a stick, but the spirit's there. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Apparently, report, record a podcast. Mm-hmm. Go to the store and buy some, like a normal person. Like a normal person. <laughs> so terrible. I don't know if we should cut this out or not. We're going to leave it. Lots of charm here. Uh-huh. Mm. If you're watching at home, go get yourself some ice cream, preferably Heath Bar Crunch. Trust us on this one. Pause the podcast, go to the store, and get yourself Heath Bar Crunch. They're in the uh, frozen foods aisle at Walmart. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag could be sponsored. Walmart, get at us. Can you imagine if we were sponsored by Walmart? I don't know how that would work. I don't either. I don't, really, know, I don't know why they would. You know, they're really missing this golden <laughs> advertising uh, uh, podcast. Yeah, know? a lot of people we talk to have no idea what Walmart is. Yeah. Probably. Walmart. Can't stick around. They're not advertising the podcast. Yeah, never heard of them. No, they're probably, they probably are uh, advertising with the office ladies. <laughs> probably. There's so many ads. Office ladies, come on the show. Office, we love you. Office ladies, yeah, come on the show. We stole that bit from the Gilmore guys. Gilmore guys. Y'all can come too. It'll be a party. Dude, the uh, one of the episodes we're about to talk about, uh-huh. the snooty British woman is uh, in season six of Gilmore Girls as one of my favorite characters in the entire show. Mm. I forget her name, but she plays this like snooty friend of the grandmother's. Uh-huh. She does that well. Yeah. 
She's also in an episode of um, How I Met Your Mother. We, you know, I never didn't look up her name before this. I really should have. I did. She is in some stuff. A lot of these, like one episode. I couldn't really find a show that I knew. Not that I know all the shows, but uh, she was when Marshall and Lily are looking for a nanny, and they find the one that they really love, but that's way too expensive. Is it her? Uh-huh. Okay. She's a little older, a little grayer, but I still got that same. I haven't charm. watched that show since its original run. Yeah. Well. They can't all be Boy Meets World. Yeah, or Gilmore Girls, which I watch in perpetuity, so I mention it a lot. Yes. So should we um, dive in now that we have finished that just terrible five minutes of sonically unpleasing disaster? <laughs> I think our conversation as we eat Heath Bar Crunch ice cream is exactly what the listeners <laughs> are looking for. Bonus episode. <laughs> just us eating Heath Bar Crunch, talking. We'll just, every week, we'll get together. <laughs> Eat a Heath Bar Crunch and record. Just, you know, let the tape flow. Actually, next week, I think we should take an entire package of bologna and put it in between two pieces of bread. <laughs> Getting wet and wild here on Boy Meets World Fever. Okay, yeah, I guess we should dive in. Uh, today, we are covering episodes 106 and 107 of Boy Meets World. First, starting out with episode 106, Boys to Menza, a reference to the popular early 90s band Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. And also Mensa, the genius club. Yes. And here's my first question. Why on earth is there a Boys to Men reference in this? <laughs> it really doesn't make sense. But also, I love it. I love it too, but it's just such an odd choice to reference Boys to Men in the title mm-hmm. when like... It's like the whitest family on the face of the planet. Just nothing at all having to do with anything related to Boys to Men. Yeah, exactly. There's... In the episode, not a, not a ding-dang thing. They don't, like, I was really looking for it, them to drop a song mention. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I almost just started singing I Swear, but that's not the right, that's not the right group. No, that would be all for one. Boys to Men is Motown Philly, which is just a great song. Uh-huh. I guess probably End of the Road. End of the Road. Is their most popular song? I'll Make Love to You. Not really a good One Meets World song. No, I'll make love to you. I, I have a funny story about that. Uh, one time I went into work. I worked at a church, no less. And uh, I walked into work with my headphones and an older lady that I worked with uh, looked at me and is like, what are you listening to? And without thinking about it, because I'll make love to you from Boys to Men was in my head, I went, I'll make love to you. <laughs> and she turned so red so fast. L- luckily, she knew the song from... Uh, from her younger years, mm-hmm. and and I go you know, the boys to men, the boys to men song, song, not what is on my mind right now. Yes, so that was awkward. Um, you may be asking yourself, what was someone who worked at a church doing listening to boys to men? I am a cavalcade of contradictions. He's a. He's got layers, just like an ogre or an onion. Just like an ogre or an onion. Contains multitudes. All right, so what happens in this episode? Cameron gives All a right. quick synopsis. So, Corey finds the answers to an IQ test. Well, Sean does, but they find the answers. Corey decides he's going to cheat on the IQ test to show Mr. Feeney what's what, I guess. To show that he really is smart. Um, ends up getting a perfect score, um, but turns out he's going to have to go to a special school for super smart kids and... Um, so Corey's in a dilemma. Does he come clean or does he end up having to leave his school? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, uh, summary. Um, what did you think about this episode? I enjoyed it. It felt pretty standard. I feel like Boy Meets World. Um, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as some other episodes that we've watched so far. Um, but I mean, it's still good. It's still fine. Yeah. Um, 
I think fine. Uh, it feels kind of like a prototypical Boy Meets World episode. Like this is even a similar plot that we find in other seasons of just yeah. like caught not in a lie, not, but like caught in a lie, or kind of someone knows more than they're letting on, or there's some consequences that are coming if you don't come clean. Yeah. Even in this season, we're gonna see some more of that. Maybe I, I, I did too. I thought this uh, was very average, just like Corey. Yes. Um, I thought it was a, a very run of the mill episode. It's not to say that it's not they're bad. Yeah, not to say it's bad or there's nothing to talk about. Um, but I definitely took the least notes on this episode that I've taken on any episode so far. Mine are pretty slim too. I guess I took. It doesn't matter. That's why we needed the uh, the Heath Bar Crunch bit. Heath Bar Crunch. Really bit. just vamping. Yeah, we we needed to fill some time. Um, my first note in this very first scene uh, in the classroom uh-huh. is that Minkus is the best actor in the entire show. He really is. Lee well, Norris. Lee Norris. Just wonderful. He's like one of the best child actors I've seen. Uh-huh. Uh, all of his... Banter. Troglodyte. Yeah. Uh, when he... It's not in this first scene, but it's in the next scene when after uh, they take the IQ test, mm-hmm. when Mr. Feeney's talking about how smart this person is. It's like, oh, you're embarrassing <laughs> me. Mr. Feeney, stop it. Yeah, the way he reads that line <laughs> is just... It's so charming uh-huh. and so great. Um, you were recently telling me that you looked at a BuzzFeed article or something, and it said Minkus was one of the worst supporting characters yeah, in the show. Yeah, absolute garbage. It wasn't BuzzFeed. They're a little smarter than that. I think it was... Is it Screen... Screen Rant? Screen Rant. Oh, yeah. They had a they had some poor choices, and they left off one glaring omission that we're not going to get to right now, because we don't need to get that angry. Okay. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about, but we can't get there. But Minkus okay. cannot be the worst character... Because Minkus is a precious treasure that we must defend at all costs. I agree. I adore Minkus, especially in this episode. Uh, Spoilers for the MVP section, but he is definitely my MVP of this episode, even though he's not even in it that much. Yes, so true. Is Um, he your MVP as well, or did you pick another? I did not pick another. I don't know if I picked one for sure. I did in the next episode. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but in this one, I don't think I ended up writing one down. But I would say, like, Minkus's, just his little bits that he gives are just just gold. Yeah. Just carrying the whole show on his back at this point. This has been uh, the Let's Praise Minkus podcast. Uh-huh. Um, but I really did. Thanks for tuning in. I loved, I loved every bit mm-hmm. we got with him in this episode. Yes. So I guess going off of that... Kind of our question for this episode. Uh, and this this is kind of a thinker. We might need to edit some of our, our thinking out. But if you were to write a haiku about a piece of classic literature, what would you write? Uh, so to give you a little background on this, Cameron and I are slightly obsessed with haikus. We once had a group text where we would only speak in haikus. It was like three weeks that <laughs> we only spoke in haikus about anything. If we wanted to say any little thing to uh, each other or the other guy in the text, we would write haikus. 17 syllables had to be there. Yep, 17 syllables. I guess they're not technically haikus, because doesn't a haiku by definition have to have an allusion to nature? Uh, Yeah, it's just usually talking about nature. So not talking about Pokemon or whatever. (laughs) Whatever we were talking about at the time. We should go back and look at some of those gems. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we need to make a haiku about a piece of classic literature. And you guys at home, email us. Email us your haikus about. Or tweet at us too, if you want. Oh, tweet at us. Yes, we just got our uh, our profile picture up mm-hmm. on the on the Twitter, and we're about to start following the whole cast and everything. Good times. So, what could be a good haiku about a piece of classic literature? Do you have one prepared? I've thought of one. It's not that great. 
It was just a tale of two cities. So twas the best of times. Twas also the worst of times. Charles Dickens kind of stinks. <laughs> Calling out Charles Dickens. Just never been a fan. Don't need to get into that. I kind of want to make one for The Giver. I don't know why, but that was the mm-hmm. first thing that popped into my head was The Giver. It could be good. Uh, I really don't want to like sit here and contemplate this IQ on air. Okay, we can let's, share later. Yeah, well, let's let's pause the podcast. So by podcast magic, we are back. Uh, we have thought of our haikus. I thought of one for the giver, and Cameron realized that the one he gave you sucked. <laughs> yes, my diss on Dickens was fine, but it was too many syllables. So I had to go back to the drawing board. You go ahead, Chance. Okay, so the giver popped into my head. I have no idea why. Um, and I came up with world with no color. One boy with the memories. Yeah, that's seven. I just had to make sure. Mm-hmm. He kills their culture. It's true. <laughs> but it should have been, so. Yeah, I I don't know. We never see the ramifications to their culture, so. I mean, I, I mean we have, there's other books. Oh, are there? There's four. Really? That Lois Lowry ended up writing altogether. The Quartet. Is it like actual follow-up? I don't know if it's exactly the follow-up or other things in the world. I should check it out. This has been Giver Guys, our new podcast. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I, my, uh, I almost said Great Expectations. Also, not that great. Tale of Two Cities one. I threw that away in the trash where Tale of Two Cities belongs. And then I pulled out one by Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that is structurally accurate and also not so mean. Uh, Frankenstein is bad. Talking about the doctor, not the book. His monster is the victim. Man should not play God. Oh, there we go. Uh, Yeah, you could also be talking about the book. It's not that much fun to read. Yeah, it's a bit of a, I mean, his monster is the victim, but he's not nice. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, I guess you can make the argument that the monster doesn't know better, but he should have never been created. That, and also Dracula. Dracula's not a good book. It's kind of so fun. boring. It was just an old way of telling stories. Yeah. Now we have television. It rots our brains, but it's pretty exciting. Maybe I'm just showing myself as an uncultured swine. Hey, we are what we are. We don't apologize for it. So tweet us your haikus or your disagreements with our takes at BG World Fever. At BG World Fever, I suppose, because it's Twitter. Uh-huh. We're old. We don't know how Twitter works. Or bgworldfever at gmail.com. Yeah, send us your haikus. Uh, tell us why we're wrong about Frankenstein and Dracula. Uh, Docs can't. Or Tale of Two Cities. Because of his Charles Dickens hate. Come at me. I will admit right now, I've never read Dickens, so I have no opinion on this. Sucks. Uh, I know I used to make fun of a friend at school who really loved Jane Austen. She's all right. Uh, Well, she just really loved Jane Austen, so we would tease her relentlessly. Well, that's just rude. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was. It definitely was. But we were teenage boys, and as we've learned... A real Harley Kiner over here. Can't even look at you. Whoa, whoa. We can't reference Harley Kiner yet. I'll reference who I want to reference if you're being a Harley Kiner. Uh, as you guys can see, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. <laughs> We're really digging deep into the foundation of what the what they've given us here. Now, Cameron, you have been a big critic of Feeney discussing people's performances in uh-huh. front of class. How do you feel about this episode? Oh, this one, still not great. But I will say, I watched this one twice because we were supposed to record this like a week ago. My son was sick, didn't feel good leaving him, um, so we didn't. And I'd already watched him that day. And then I watched him again this morning just for pleasure. I wasn't taking notes, but just to kind of remember. Um, 
And he doesn't ever actually say their grades. He'll like say, great job, or which can still just kind of mean like, not your best effort. That's not great, but not not as bad as it could be, I suppose. I feel like this episode, the scales are tilting in, T- in Feeney's favor a okay. little bit more after this episode, in my, in my opinion. Okay, okay. We'll get to that towards the end of the episode. But yes, like, not your best effort, Mr. Matthews. Uh, probably not something you need to announce to the class, but... Yeah. Definitely. Better than saying, you got a C. That's definitely unethical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like Mr. Feeney should keep discussions about grades just between him and the student. Mm-hmm. True. Um, is that all we want to talk about in the classroom scene? I think so. Oh, I did, did take a note. Uh, when Sean and Corey are in the hallway, Sean has personality again. He does. Also, there's another teacher in the school. <laughs> we have our third teacher because he says the art teacher gave him detention. Oh, that's true. He says that's, that's what makes me one of the greats. Do Corey got and Sean not have art together? I guess not. I don't. I don't really know how grade schools work. I thought kids had the same classes the whole time. I'm guessing if it's big enough, maybe they rotate around. Okay. But I. Don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sean has personality again. They have a third teacher in the school. No Topanga though. Different girl sitting in front of Corey. Yeah, which is, I mean, Topanga makes such an explosive debut that it's really just sad to not see her mm-hmm. in, the, in these three episodes. We miss you, Topi. <clears throat> yes, we do miss you, Topi. And when we see you again, we'll go, <gasps> Topanga! Um, which was really fun to do. I don't know that we've ever done that together before. I don't believe so. Um, Yaya's back, though, in this one. He's in the class. Yeah, but he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything, but he's still there, and so is the other kid that was in Little Giants. He's... A background person in this episode. Okay. Not really important, just something I noticed. They're still sticking around. Haven't really hit it big yet, I guess. Uh, the next scene is uh, after all the school stuff, uh, Corey finds the answers, takes the test, passes the test. Feeney obviously knows uh-huh. that... I do have to say, though, why are the answers to the IQ test in the trash the day before they actually take the test? <laughs> like, are there something that's physically there and phys- like separated from the actual material and just in a random trash can that the students would have access to? <laughs> that's an excellent question. I don't know. <laughs> We grew up in the age of scantrons. Maybe it's something we don't understand. Maybe. Um, But yeah, that is a good question. Why are the answers to the IQ test there? What were they doing with the answers? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Yes, they do get to class. They've taken the test. Yeah. And Mr. Feeney so clearly knows that something is up, that Corey has cheated in some way, but just the way he plays it. Now, I'm actually so interested good. in your perspective as a teacher. What do you do in this situation? You give a test. Uh, it's not one that's worth a grade, but you obviously know a student cheated. How do you react? I don't know because I don't think I've ever given a test that's not for a grade. You guys don't do like standardized testing? I mean, we do, but that's like important. And if they were to cheat on that, the swift hammer justice would come down on them but not from me that's that's the sea or whatever it is that sean calls them (laughs) okay okay would you not like suggest maybe hey he shouldn't have done this well because you know your students Mm -hmm. should he take the test again i mean if it's a test that doesn't matter no because we have things to do okay but i mean we would still have words with the student and their parents and whatever but i just it seems to me that if the parents and feeney know Mm -hmm. that he's lying they let it go pretty far 
Mm-hmm. Like, would you trust the kid to be? I guess it kind of comes down to like Mr. Feeney knows what Corey's capable of and like expects a lot out of him. And one of those things he expects out of him is his integrity. And just like when it comes down to it, he's going to do the right thing. And so rather than like just coming down on him, like, we know you cheated, like, let's just lay the guilt on pretty thick. Also, they got 22 minutes to fill. You can't <laughs> just come in and say, you cheated. Because then you're like at minute 10. Yeah. And what else are you going to do for the other 12 minutes? I mean, well, Minkus could give us an instruction on how he built that paper airplane. True, we could see more of Eric and um, Morgan shopping. Uh, Eric and Morgan are adorable. In uh-huh. This is the start of, I feel like, their relationship. Yeah. Like, Eric calls Morgan Weasel for the first time I in wasn't this sure about that, but yeah, I think you're right. And then they go shopping, and the relationship really carries over into the next episode as yeah. well. Just, like, to the next level, and it's wonderful. Yeah, Eric really gets a personality in this uh-huh. uh in this episode and then it's expanded upon a lot in the next episode so mm-hmm. uh I, eric is almost my mvp for this episode he's just not quite in it enough yeah it's almost like there's not a b plot yeah hardly in this one there's like two brief mentions where they say i'll take her to get her halloween costume and then she gets her zombie halloween costume and it's pretty cool actually <laughs> yeah not what I think of when I think of a zombie. That sort of outfit. Yeah, it's definitely a old, like, oh, what's the movie? Night of the Living Dead zombie. Uh-huh. Not like the modern Walking Dead zombies. Yeah, and definitely not a Michael Jackson zombie, sadly. Uh, no, though. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, hey, Eric looks like he could be in a Michael Jackson video. Let's do this. Yes, come on, Eric. Um, yeah, I have a note here that I loved uh, Corey and Sean's rationalization that they did nothing wrong. <laughs> We're victims <laughs> here. They gave us detention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they gave us the test. They gave us detention. Nothing we did was our fault. Um, I love that scene. Um, and I think it's the first real look we get at Sean since Corey's alternative friends. Mm-hmm. In the in the personality department, you know, lying to his parents gives him a little rush. Mm-hmm. He's the bad boy. Yeah. Like, Corey's always painted as the kid who, it, like, because he's the main character, so, like, he's the one who makes the mistakes, but then he learns from them, but he's also, like, sort of the class clown at school, but then Sean is, like, really edgy, just out there pushing the envelope yeah. all the time. Yep, definitely. So, uh... Corey took the note home to his parents. We don't really see that scene. Then the next day at school, he and Sean are having this conversation. Uh, Feeney walks in, gives us a fourth teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives us a fourth teacher who takes over the class while Feeney talks to uh, Corey about the new school that he's being forced to go to, apparently. Uh-huh. Because, apparently, getting into a gifted school, one, super easy. You just take a test. Two, you don't have a choice. Yes. And three, why isn't Minkus already at this school? Yes, he should clear clearly already be there. I think he'd fit in very well. What um, Feeney says at the beginning of this is if there was anything higher than an A, Minkus would always get that. So uh-huh. doesn't that mean, like, everything he says about Corey not living up to his potential at this school, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be true for Minkus yeah, too? Yeah, because he's exceeding it far beyond. Um, this does bring up some thoughts, because when Corey's trying to trick his parents to make them think maybe he actually is a genius, he's, like, conducting Beethoven's piano concerto in E-flat, and here he's like, at your school, they don't play sports they study till they sweat and all of these things they have a vigorous chess club um and all these things and it's just like we've talked before how this show is a lot kinder to like nerds than say a saved by the bell or like in more 80s late 80s sort of sitcom i don't know that kind is what i'd say well it's but a kinder portrayal sure overall because like the nerds in saved by the bell yeah are terrible 
Like, that's not what a person is like at all. But here, it's still just very much showing, like, this super stereotypical, like, if you're a smart person, you know all the classical music. And you would know that calling it classical music isn't correct because it's, like, Baroque or whatever. And you know all these different authors, and you write haikus about Moby Dick. And, and you play chess. Yes, you play chess, and you study till you sweat. And that's what You can't smart like any physical is. activities. Yes. Yeah. Which, I, I mean... I mean, it's not true. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Some of the smartest people I know are actually also very athletic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my students, like, they might be extremely smart, but more like a Corey or a Sean, just like getting into trouble or yeah. doing various things. Or maybe they really love art and it, like expressing themselves that way, but they're really good at other things as well. But yeah. like, they're pursuing something that they enjoy or computers or video games or things like that. Actually, in school, I related to this episode a lot because I, I always... You cheated really, on an IQ test? Well, no. I always did very well on a, on my standardized tests and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I got pretty solid C's because I just didn't care. In fact, I've always had this philosophy as long as I can remember that if I get a C or a B, I'm okay. If I got a D, get a D, maybe I should have tried harder. If I got an A, I tried way too hard. <laughs> that was always my personality. My personality was how much can I slack off to get by just enough? Um, but I always aced my tests. I'm really good at taking tests. I'm not that smart. I'm just really good at taking tests. Mm -hmm. You just know how to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I related to that kind of aspect of this, even though that's not what uh, this episode is really about. I did make the A's. Yes. I'm a Minkus Jr. Or maybe a Topanga in later seasons. Yeah. Not quite that intense. I was the one that Mr. Feeney would have always been writing about not living up to his potential. Mm -hmm. Though this is a mo this is a proud this is a moment of pride here. Junior year of high school, we had to take this standardized test that they told us before we took it doesn't matter at all. So why we took it, I don't know. Must have got some funding or something to do it. But it wasn't like an IQ test. It was just like a week where we were taking these tests and everybody hated it. And the person I sat next to the whole time clearly was not there for it, just marking random answers. And then we got to the math test and I answering the questions answered all of them and was done doing all the work before he just randomly filled out the answers on his test. And I was so proud. And you know what? It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, another point of pride for me in ninth grade, um, I did cheat on a standardized test. <laughs> me and... Uh, Come arrest this man. I'm a police officer and I've been waiting for that <laughs> confession the whole time. Come in. Let's move in, SWAT team. Me and uh, two friends decided uh, I would do, like, so we would rotate and do every third question. And then when we finished our question, we would signal, and the other two would hold up what they got for their answer. So, like, I did one, he did two, uh, and the other guy, I'm not going to name them because then the cops will go get them. But uh, he did. We've already, we've already got signed confessions from them. You were the last one we were waiting for. Oh, no. Not... Beep and beep. I guess I could have said their names and then beep them out, but that's not as much fun. We don't have that technology. What are you talking about? But yeah, so we just like, we just would go in that order. So I did four, I did seven, like, mm -hmm. and we would, when we finished, like, I would tap my eraser on the table and the other two would like hold up their fingers. And when I heard a, ta a, a tap, I would hold that up. That seems like so much more work than just doing it. It wasn't. We but just... look at the smug look on your face. You're just so pleased. I'm disgusted by you. We we were also told this test doesn't Just matter. turning away. <laughs> and don't turn away. That's bad for the audio. <laughs> I'm turning away. No, speaking to the mic. We've only got one mic. 
Uh, I'm not gonna share a mic with a cheater. So yes, we were we were told this test didn't matter, so we totally cheated. Uh, we did really well, so. <laughs> I'm glad, because if someone really fell down on the job, you'd be looking at a 66%. That's true. That's true. There's some math for you. Um, so yeah. We have a lot to talk about. The way about they talk about, yeah, we've talked hardly at all about it. We ate some Heath bars, we wrote some haikus, and now we're talking about chances, misdemeanors, and education. Uh, we and learned that Amy is in real estate. Yes. That's important. She's a realtor. Uh, part-time realtor. Yes. I do love, though, before that, where um, Corey says, I guess this is goodbye. Or as they as the they say at my school, goodbye in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I love that. Um, nice searching for Bobby Fisher reference. What was the searching for Bobby Fisher? Just reference? saying that, that like, when you're enjoying recess, I'll be searching for Bobby Fisher. Oh yeah, because he's got the chess team. Yeah, there in these two episodes, maybe I'm just noticing this for the first time. I didn't realize how much pop culture they referenced in this show. It it's just not in the language of the show that I think of the show in. Mm-hmm. Like I do like. Gilmore Girls. Yeah, Gilmore Girls. Um, I feel like Scrubs referenced a lot of pop culture, especially mm-hmm. music. Using I met it. your mother did a lot too. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think of like pop culture as what this show trades in. Mm-hmm. Um, I can really think of it standing out when they do it, like in later like seasons. Like Boys to Mensa. Well, no, because I don't, I don't normally think of the titles. <laughs> uh-huh. But like, like when they talk about Starbucks a lot in later seasons. Do they talk about Starbucks? They talk about Starbucks a lot, like. It gets name dropped several times, which I feel like is the time in when Starbucks was really becoming more popular in the rest of the country. Huh. Kind of that very late '90s, early 2000s time. Yeah, it was when they were in college. They talk about Starbucks quite a bit. Yeah, and in my in my mind, the uh, the South Park references in later seasons really stand out uh-huh. because they they dropped several Starbucks. Yeah, they dropped several uh, uh, South, South Park, Park references. References, and those always stick out to me because I because I'm like, oh, this show doesn't do pop culture but maybe mm-hmm. it does and i'm just not i noticed. think i think it does not nearly as frequently yeah but these episodes definitely had some, mm-hmm. some of that uh amy sherman paladino energy going or aaron sorkin uh-huh. quippy like lots pop, of references uh quippy references <clears throat> yeah um so that's something that we'll be keeping an eye out for we have the guest star of the snooty british lady mm-hmm. which did you feel like morgan's clothes were more mismatched than anyone else's in this episode i mean they kind of always are though yeah like i have never once thought that Corey or sean seemed very decently put together <laughs> yeah they're, the colors they wear are crazy. It's uh-huh. patterns on top of Very bright. Patterns. Extremely bright. I know that was the style of the time, but they're like making this big point that Morgan's clothes don't match. And I'm like, uh-huh. None of the, do they? I guess Eric's match because he cares now. Yeah. And he, they don't like layer Eric up like they do Corey and Sean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never noticed the fashion in the show until I started watching it for this podcast. But they, the layers they put these kids in are uh-huh. crazy. <laughs> I feel like they rein it in a little bit in season two. Oh, I, I think so too. And it become it feels a lot more natural and less like what in the world? What in the name of Chris Cross is going on right now? What in the name of Chris Cross is going on? Right now? I like that. Their clothes are all on forwards though, not on backwards. I was thinking it was like the Saved by the Bell uh, theme screens, you know, all the uh-huh. just, just like clothes. a bunch. Like your crayon box exploded. There's 64 colors in every outfit. The the British lady is there. Uh-huh. And she's 
judging them for their jobs, judging Morgan yeah. for what she's wearing. Just the worst. But Corey gets her a good uh, gets her a good one when she when she uh, when he goes, no, 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 stop talking. Every time you do, you make, <laughs> make me, me sound, sound smart. smart. <laughs> I'm just saying when they said the guest stars and things that are the worst on this show, why is this lady not on there? Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess they're typically a little bit. The list that I read had more characters who were on like more recurring roles, just not like a main yeah. role. Uh, which Minkus is a main role, so obviously disqualified from this list. Yeah, worst list. Don't go look it up. Yeah, bad list. Don't give not the, worth your time. The publicity. Uh, Minkus was also absolutely terrific as Mouth on One Tree Hill. <laughs> uh, he's wonderful there. Uh, Lee Norris, we love you. Come on the show. Yes. Um, so yeah, it wraps up. Corey comes clean, and then he has a discussion with Mr. Feeney at the end, which is where I think the scales start to tip back in his favor as a good teacher. As he's talking about tests, he's like, if a student fails the test, I see that just as much uh, as my own failure than the students, because like clearly something not getting through i need to teach them better not just like in a Corey matthews kind of case it's like you're just being lazy like you know this stuff you're just being a slacker but like for some students like this is telling me what i need to teach better yeah what i need to review and i need to go over because if i'm thinking this is important enough to test on it's important enough for you to know um so good job mr feeney using those formative assessments yeah. to drive instruction i'm proud of you uh yeah we are very proud of you mr feeney you're still a bad teacher but you're getting better you're learning um i have almost nothing written about the conclusion of Corey coming clean it seems yeah, so, it just seems kind of it's so cookie cutter i do have a question though at the end because we have the halloween scene Yes, I do want to talk about that okay. scene, but what did you... Well, what were they trying to do, like, at the end, where they... Mr. Feeney, like, gives them all the rulers, because they're like... What do you mean? Like, was there a point to make him feel bad and think maybe Corey was talking good about me? Was there a point to get candy? Because it was to get candy, they failed. They got a bunch of rulers. No, I think he was just trying to, like, butter up his teacher. I guess that makes sense. But, gotta go for the candy. Why don't you go for the candy? It's Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they left these strange kids that they, like, didn't know in the living room alone uh-huh. with a bowl of candy, so... <laughs> that, that candy should not have been there. Maybe they took that, too. No, no, Morgan's candy, because she's got, like, one for you, one for you. Two for me? Morgan's candy's right there. Uh-huh. They could have taken that and just bolted. There's these strange kids in their living room. I mean, we know that it's Corey and his friends, but, like, they didn't know that mm-hmm. um i thought this was the best part of the episode except for minkus at the beginning mm-hmm. um i thought it was very funny um the fact that feeny is like flabbergasted that his real rulers aren't going well is kind of a weird joke like did he just move here is this his uh-huh. first halloween has he done candy every other year and now this year he's, he's like, like this year we're going educational with it like i feel like mr feeny isn't stupid <laughs> Uh huh. So. You're better than that, Mr. Feeney. I take it all back. You're the worst teacher. <laughs> um, and then Corey's vampire costume like flabbergasts me. It's like a bat head and like a bat body, uh-huh. but it's like two faces. It's almost like a Meta Knight oh, plus something Meta Knight. from McDonald's McNugget, like the McNugget toys. Yeah. You remember those when you had the McNugget kids? Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. what were they called? And I feel like there's a vampire that looked a lot like that. Oh, so that, above, maybe that was that. Maybe this is a if you know what the, we're talking about, send us an email. Please. BGWorldFever at gmail.com. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Or tweet at us. Um, um, and why does a Robin Hood costume need a mask of a person? It's a weird time. Just a weird time. Wouldn't you just dress up as Robin Hood? Or maybe Peter Pan? I don't know. What I mean, it goes for with the, the joke 
or the trick they're trying to pull. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, that's true. Um, maybe there was a greater joke there and we missed it. Maybe. I didn't look too closely. Maybe it was like, had a, like, looked more like Errol Flynn, sort of a mustache. Mm. You know, like a real Robin Hood kind of looking, dashing figure in 1990s plastic mask form, which was basically not good. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yep. Um, All right. Do we want to talk on the fact how this is a Halloween episode, but Halloween is so inconsequential to it? Like, they keep referencing, like, I mean, everyone wears a mask at this time. Like, no one is what they seem. Like, they're supposed, that's supposed to mean something to Corey, but it seems really arbitrary to me. I mean, you could have had it at any time, I guess, but I think it's fine. I don't need to have a, there's no need to have a super scary episode of Boy Meets World, and they would never do that to us. (laughs) No, never. They would never scar me for life with a scary episode of Boy Meets World like that. Never. Never, ever. Uh, We'll never get there. Um, So, what is your alternative title for this episode? All I said... I said boy meets cheating. Ooh, I like that. I said boy meets genius. Hmm. But I feel like cheating is... I mean, it is what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I think boy meets cheating. I think if we're going to name it anything, okay. boy meets cheating. I didn't have a good name for the next one, so... Oh, I've got two good names for Okay, the then we'll, we'll go with one of yours. Um, What's your rating? I gave it a six and a half, which I feel like is generous, I honestly. Feel, I feel like it's pretty generous. Um, I thought this one was about as solid as the pilot, but without the charm yeah, or the fact I'm going down to a six. Pilot. I'm taking it down to a six. Ooh, you're going down so to a six. So there's a half a point for the... I don't know. I mean, I watched it twice and I still can't really think of anything that stood out. Yeah. Um, Minkus in his paper airplane. That's all That's I can a, think of. <laughs> that was him flicking the propeller. Yeah. If you watched the episode, audio. you would have known that. I'm a really good Foley artist. I, I gave it a 5.5. Um, I gave the... I give the pilot a six, and I think this is a similar strength episode or weaker, but without the like fact that it's a pilot. Je ne sais quoi. So, um, yeah, I definitely give it a 5.5. Um, I guess that makes the average for this one 5.75, mm-hmm. which is by far or the lowest. Our lowest. So, sorry, boys to Menza. Um, I absolutely love boys to men. Boys to men, get at us, come on the show. Menza, no real opinion. Seems silly, I guess, to pay money to a group that tell people you're smart doesn't seem all that smart to me yeah like they're taking your money but you know whatever whatever uh so now we're moving on unless you have any so, straight no thoughts. i do not let's get on to this one because this one saves it yes grandma was a rolling stone second music title in the reference yes Two in a row. Uh, two in a row, which I looked back. None of the others have music references. No, I guess why it's just a thing. Just a thing. Chance, why don't you re- give us a synopsis of the episode? Uh, so uh, Alan's mother, Corey, Eric, and Morgan's grandmother comes to visit. Uh, she comes to visit in her Winnebago. Uh, she takes Morgan shopping. She takes Eric to the uh, auto show. Mm-hmm. And she ta- she's supposed to take Corey to see a baseball game and get his rookie card of Cal Ripken Jr. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Uh, signed uh, by the... Uh, player Cal Ripken Jr. and uh just by a random player it was actually Nolan Ryan that they were going to get signed the card it was a weird thing which we need to talk (laughs) we need to talk about how disproportionate those gifts are um but uh she comes and she does that but she doesn't show up for Corey's uh and Corey learns that just because people let you down doesn't mean they love you basically don't love you uh, doesn't mean they don't love you. Oh, yes. Yes. Doesn't mean they don't love <laughs> it you. It doesn't mean they love you when they let you down. It actually means they hate you. 
Uh, either can't be true. Uh, and the most important plot point, Carrie Russell is in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is the, uh, that's the plot. All right, wonderful. So this one starts out. One thing to note, I think this is our first episode that we don't have any shots in the classroom. Yes, it like is. We a, don't I, ever I, visit the school. It's contained entirely in a weekend, mm-hmm. like a Friday through Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right there. So Mr. Feeney's still there, obviously, because he's their neighbor. Uh, but instantly starts off tricking the boys to get the snails out of his garden. Yes, I have it written down. Feeney is evil. And then my next note is, Feeney is reveling in his evil. <laughs> he's so good, though. I it's Just the fact that he's like, pick these snails. They'll make good bait. And then he's like, oops, I didn't know that fish didn't like bait. And then like the very next moment, I'm an old fisherman. <laughs> uh-huh. Remember 1956 on the Louisiana Delta. <laughs> with the trees rising out of the brackish water. Uh, so Alan is teaching Corey and Sean how to cast. cast. He's doing a very bad job. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Feeney, good comedy. Yep, some good uh, slapstick. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, nothing of consequence happens here. Sean gets... I feel like Sean is cemented as Corey's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... He's like going is, on the fishing trip with he and his dad. Yeah, I feel like this is the first episode where, like, I mean, you know Sean's going to be important, yeah. but this is the first one where it's like, oh, they're best friends. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's, not just the, it's not just the uh, character at school who goes without a name for a long time. Yeah. It's like, he's the best friend. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's going fishing with them. I feel like that's the most important part of this scene. I think so. And it just sets up the fact that there's a fishing trip coming up, which will come into play later. Yep. It's just setting that up. Uh, getting some good Mr. Feeney moments. Mm-hmm. So uh, then the next scene, we have our first, or as we get started, we have our first really big, well, let's wait. We have our big Eric and Morgan moment at the beginning. Yes. Where, <laughs> this is my brother, Eric. He is very shy. And he's classically conditioning her. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Using brainwashing yes, behaviorism, <laughs> B.F. Skinner stuff going on right here. It's the most adorable brainwashing of all time. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh, <laughs> right after she's done saying it, opening her mouth to get a cereal, I think. What? That's Pavlov's dog, right? Or is that the one where you put the um, bowls in equal distance? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's some philosophy thing. I want to say it's Pavlov's dog. Yeah, like... I was like, no, that's Schrodinger's cat. No, that's quantum physics. There's a lot of scientists with animals... <laughs> Einstein's bagel. <laughs> Einstein's bagel. That's different. <laughs> That's just, it's not a thing at all. Oh, uh, I did take This note. is not sponsored by Einstein Brothers Bagels, but hit us. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag could be sponsored. Um, oh, I did take note. I really like the joke. This is going back just a second, but... I really like the joke of, oh, I guess I'll just be an old guy in a fishing hat with a lot of really boring stories. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Feeney being that person. Feeney. It's like, did you just scare yourself, Dad? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, I thought that was a solid joke. Mm-hmm. Solid then, joke. And then... Uh, and those Lu- La Cucaracha horns. Yeah, and then a golden girl shows up. Yes, Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan. Just wonderful as their grandma. Um, we see where Corey and Morgan get their fashion sense from. <laughs> I think, yeah, um, but it's very good. But she's just such a such a good character yeah. in the episode. Just like this bold, bright, boisterous lady coming in. It's just it's really good. I think she does a good guest spot. Yeah, she does. And you definitely can see her as the crazy grandma who's driving a Winnebago. <laughs> um, I think that's great. Um, then she hands out gifts. She gives Morgan a shrunken head. Then she gives Eric a bull, a bull whip? whip. What? Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is that? Hello? 
She also had the wagon train driver, but he slipped out of the handcuffs in Juarez. Yep. Now, she gives Corey the Cal Ripken Jr. card. Uh-huh. And then she quotes a Johnny Cash lyric. Uh-huh. I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Why a Johnny Cash reference and not a freaking Rolling Stones reference? Or... I mean, it's just a good reference. Or Grandma Loves Johnny Cash as the title. Like, uh-huh. what's... Where, why is there a disconnect Grandma here? Hurt Me Today. <laughs> we hadn't had that song yet. That Johnny Cash song wasn't around. Well, but we're trying to get away from Johnny Cash. I'm just saying that would have been the good title. <laughs> uh, I, I think I like this note that I wrote down. Uh, Morgan and I do the exact same things with clothes. I wear them, and then I throw <laughs> them on the floor. <laughs> Judging by looking at your place right now, I'd, I'd agree. Yes. Uh, in my room, the floor is just a shelf yes. for dirty clothes. I'm going to buy you so many clothes, you won't know what to do with them. I'll wear them, and then I'll throw them on the floor. Yep, yeah. So we get that scene, and then Mr. Feeney comes in. Oh, did you have anything else on that scene? Um, I am just curious where Bingo Country is. I'm trying <laughs> to figure out geographically. If they were in, like, Tijuana, which is Mexico, and then it's like, we made a killing in Bingo Country, but now we're headed to Palm Springs, which isn't that in California? I Yeah, well, Palm Springs, yeah, I think. So. Yes, that's she said. That's where they're headed. But where's Bingo Country? That she's now in Philadelphia, the complete other side of the country from where she says they're going. I think we're just supposed to see her as kind of a nomad. I mean, I guess, but I guess geographically it didn't make sense to me. No, I don't know where Bingo Country is. And we don't technically know she was just in Tijuana. We know that's that true. she picked stuff up in Tijuana. At some point, she was in Tijuana. Sometimes since the last time she's seen them. She was in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, judging by how much she reappears in the show, she doesn't see them often. <laughs> Just a spoiler. <laughs> not a recurring character. Never comes Which back. is common with stunt casting, like getting Rue McClanahan as your grandma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a weird thing. Um, do Winnebago Caravans really exist? It's never something I've known about. I mean, probably. How do I how do I wind up in that gig? That sounds great. Yes. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. I want to we just have to become Bingo. independently wealthy, be able to quit our jobs and drive around the country in a Winnebago. Or maybe they faked their death and the IRS doesn't know they're still around. Mm. <laughs> she was living in Florida with three other old ladies, but then pretended to off herself and then travels the country in a Winnebago. I like the uh, Golden Girls exists in the same world. Yes, as they must. <laughs> Uh, I enjoy that. Um, then we have Eric showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, or Eric, uh, Feeney showing up to Eric, uh-huh. asking how to entertain a teenage girl. Eric thinks... <laughs> Mr. Feeney, are you dating a teenage girl? Not since the Eisenhower. Uh-huh. Which is good. Shouldn't do that. Good yeah. job, Mr. Feeney. Uh, we can calculate out his age based on when Eisenhower was in office and him being a teenager, but we've already done that. See previous episode. Uh-huh. Um, we've already done that. We know Mr. Feeney's age. I don't know if this contradicts, but it's also just a fun anecdote, so we're not taking it that seriously. Um, so Eric tells him that the way to entertain a teenage girl is dinner and movie. Uh-huh. I don't know if dinner that's, movie, movie dinner. dinner. Don't know if that's appropriate to do with your niece. I don't have a niece. Got no idea. I'd imagine anybody would like to go have someone buy them dinner and go watch a movie. That sounds like fun. Oh, okay. And then he doesn't want to meet the niece uh-huh. because... He assumes uh, Mr. Feeney's niece. Yeah. No thank you. Uh, which we will learn. Not yet, but we will learn. Not the truth. <laughs> Not uh-huh. the truth. But it, it is also funny, though, when Mr. Feeney's like, oh, yes, dinner and a, like, dinner and a movie, like the peak of human culture. And he's like, don't mock what I am, Mr. Feeney. Yes, which is very meta, because at this point, Eric is just dating. That is his entire plot uh-huh. in every episode is dating and complaining about girls. Uh-huh. So 
Toad it really literally is. is exactly what he is. It, it is who he is. Um, this is after they get back from the auto show. And uh, I took note here. Their grandma is wearing very high heels for someone who's been chasing a girl around a department store and just went to an auto show. Uh-huh. There is no way she wore those heels that whole time. <laughs> That's why her dogs are barking. Her dogs would be broken. <laughs> It was the 90s, man. It was a different time. She is wearing like five inch heels. Like, they are tall. Her feet would be dead. Just broken up, broken off. Um, yes, but Eric gets his arm signed by the Lamborghini girl. Gra- Graziella Gra- Terziana. Graziella Terziana. I'm never going to say <coughs> it right. I'm going to say it different every Graziella time. Graziella Um, He tells her that maybe they can go driving when he gets his license. And she laughs. But it's, it's a flirty, flirty laugh. <laughs> uh, Eric is wonderful in this episode. In this episode, mm-hmm. um, but then we have another big guest star. The, Was she big at this point? You know, I don't know. I Gary Russell has always been big to me, but I also grew up with the show, so the, and like Felicity, and now she's doing other things like The Americans, and yeah, she has one of my favorite guest spots in Scrubs. Um, she's great. Just a delight. She's a delight in this show as well. Uh, she is. The scene where Eric is say, talking about how he's got a lot more on his mind other than girls. Uh, let me tell you, I've got a lot of, on my mind other than girl, girl, right there, girl. <laughs> it is, it's so funny. It is so funny. And it is so true, not only for teenage boys, but I feel like for me right now. <laughs> girl, girl. Um, I would have the exact same reaction seeing Terry Russell. If Carrie Russell was right there, like in front of me, exact same reaction. Girl, girl. <laughs> there, there, nothing else exists in this world than girl. <laughs> and yeah, that this did not seem over the top to me because that's what you do when you see Carrie Russell. Uh-huh. Your mind flips out and you're like, how do I date Carrie Russell? Okay. <laughs> Carrie Russell, dinner, if dinner, you're out there. Dinner. If you're listening, because I know you are, come on the show. Come on the show. Um, Chance will take you to dinner and a movie. I, I, I don't know if you're married or anything. It'll be chill. Not any, not any anything. Um. So yes, I like Carrie Russell, and she's great in this episode. But her hair is incredible. Did you notice like the volume of her it's hair? Very good volume. There is no way that was natural. Maybe it was. Maybe Carrie Russell's just that awesome. I could see it happening. Um. Why would they take all the time to do that for like a minor guest star? I don't know. On an ABC show in the 90s I don't I mean I don't know but she looks incredible uh Eric yells weasel goes and gets the sister um, tells her to wait a minute and then come out yeah oh she... I know it's been a minute grabs the timer minute ding minute <laughs> ding minute ding minute ding and then he flies out the door jumps over the fence <laughs> Mr. Feeney how can I help you in the garden today picks up the potting soil the big heavy bag the big like... heavy bag I don't need you to move that. And then I'll just effortlessly toss it over here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so great. It's so wonderful. Um, when he grabs the bag, puts it on his shoulder, and like then like my, he looks like he's got this mindless look on his face. Like, oh, I'm just looking around. This is no big deal. Uh-huh. Oh, hi. I've not met you. <laughs> he's on his hand. Uh, the look on his face is perfect, and then mm-hmm. Morgan comes out. This is, is my brother, Eric. He's very shy. She's adorable <laughs> and so well rehearsed. Mr. Feeney, Mr. Feeney, given the sarcastic comments the whole time, uh, I have no, I have no problem saying this. Best scene in the entire show so far. So far, Eric. and Eric MVP of this episode. Well, mm, mm. No, I'm, I'm saying it. Eric MVP. Eric MVP. But how do I not give MVP to Carrie Russell? I'll pick Eric. <laughs> you pick Carrie Russell. I know her name is Jessica in the episode, but come on. 
She's Carrie Russell. It's Eric. Eric's the best. This is this is his shining moment that he's had so far. Yep. Nothing's uh, changed about him as a person, but he just does so well. He's he's an absolute delight. You can you can see the hormones working his way in his head. You know, I have a feeling that the actor who played Eric, which I know the name of, and I am blanking. Will Friedle. Will Friedle. Thank you. Uh, Will Friedle. We love you, Will. Sorry for my friend. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I forgot your name there, Will. He's uh, not my friend anymore, actually, because he's a cheater. Oh yeah. He's going to prison. I am a cheater going to prison. This will be my last time on the podcast. Uh, Carrie Russell, please come and do it with my friend Cameron. He is not in love with you like I am. Um, It'll be fun. It will be fun. Uh, I honestly kind of think maybe Will Friedle was actually kind of feeling that. Maybe those were his actual emotions. (laughs) He wasn't acting. Girl, girl. I mean... I have never seen a girl that looked like that in real life. You have to say you have because you have a wife, but that's okay. We won't go there. Uh, he's got a I don't know what to say face. I love it. What can you say? Um, but yeah, best scene. Uh, then she's Eric's taking me to the carnival today. When <laughs> when did I say that? When did I say that? Uh, would you like to come with us? Oh, come with us. us. Come to the carnival with us. With us. With us. Um, and then Mr. Feeney razzes him really well. You know, the polite thing to do would be to ask me if I could come to the carnival with you. Mr. Feeney, <laughs> would you come to the carnival with us? <laughs> I know we just re- reenacted that whole scene. We did it really badly. But it's a great It's just scene. the delight our hearts feel over the scene is pouring out of us and we can't even help it. Yeah, uh, go watch it a thousand more times. Yes, make good use of that Disney Plus membership. Yes. You may uh, or may not have. Sponsored by Disney Plus? Get at us. <laughs> no, hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag could be sponsored? Could be. Uh, this has been the uh, backdoor pilot to my Carrie Russell podcast, uh, Carrie's Guy. <laughs> Carrie's boy. Yeah, I have it written down here. Best scene in the show so far. So I obviously love it. Um, also, interesting note, when Morgan and Grandma get home... They're wearing the same shirt. Yeah. I noted that. Shirt. Like Morgan's shirt is the same, which I'm like, their fashion sense. That must be where they get it. Yeah, it's very cute. Uh, they took them shopping, but Morgan did not have five-inch heels on. Which is good. It's not good for that developing spine, I'm sure. Uh, and then uh, the next day comes around. Uh, Corey gets all dressed up in his ketchup and mustard getup. Uh-huh. A very, very, very red and very, very mustard yellow uh-huh. getup. Comes downstairs, go. ready to go. And the mom, Amy, I know her name. I don't know why I said the mom. The mom. <laughs> says, why don't you help me bake muffins until she gets here? Mm-hmm. And apparently they have enough baking stuff to make... A bunch of muffins. So All the muffins. Here's my question for this episode. Because apparently that's what I bring to this podcast. Other than my indelible charm and dashing good looks. Trust me, everyone. Yeah, there's a picture up on our Twitter. Looks just like me. Um, If you had to bake something to pass the time while waiting the entire day for your grandma to come get you, what would you want to bake? Corey goes with muffins. What would you bake? Hmm. I am not much of a baker, but I do bake one thing really well. Uh, I bake these chocolate chip cookies that I have a special recipe for, uh, except when the recipe calls for whatever amount of chocolate chips, which I don't remember at the moment, recipe calls for, I half it and do half caramel chips. Chance, I'm really sad right now. Why? I don't think you've ever made these for me. Well, no, I think I learned it when you lived in Boston, so. I'm just saying, the mail exists. I should I should have mailed you some cookies. And we've lived in the same town for a year and a half now. But I don't have an you oven. You don't have an oven. I guess I'll let I can it go slide. to your house and make these cookies. Make them on your little pizza heater upper thing. How bad could that be? It's an open air pizza oven. <laughs> Uh, we are getting way too in-depth as to how I Way live. too personal. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I've already told people on the Sean, it's going to be fine. Yeah, 
that. Um, but yes, I would make those cookies. I'll go to your house and make them sometime. It'll be okay. great. I'd probably make banana bread. See, I thought about banana bread too, but don't you have to wait for the bananas to get like really, really ripe? Yeah, but I guess that would be tough because I don't know yeah. that I'm about to be disappointed and have a whole bunch of old bananas on hand. I do love banana bread. It's very good. We have some at home right now. My but wife made it. You didn't bring me any banana bread. Well, you didn't bake me any cookies, so tough. Tough tookus. <laughs> um, then I guess maybe pie. It takes a lot of long time to yeah. make, good, make a good pie. Uh, I love to eat pie. The organization I work for, we're having a pie day party and it's a pie potluck. Oh. And it says on the flyer, bring pizza pie, fruit pie, what are meat you pie, shepherd's pie. Well, as we've already established, I don't have an oven, so I'm going to grab a uh, New York style pizza from Sandro's here in the town we live in. <clears throat> uh, Sandro's, not sponsored. Hashtag could be sponsored. Pretty just, good. Just give us pizza. We'll podcast for pizza. We'll podcast for pizza. But yeah, I'm going to take uh, pizza pie. But yeah, pies, that's a good answer. I nice. Make, I make a killer sweet potato pie. I don't know why I said nice when you were saying my answer was good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're really proud of it. Nice job, me. I'm just saying. I'm liking the heat I'm bringing today. Okay. Um, also, that's see. the longest phone cord in the world. Yeah. it's a, and TV shows just have really long phone cords, and I've never understood. We always had to stand, like, right next uh -huh. to the receiver. They're usually very short. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just a thing if you're physically needing to be on the phone, but the space calls for you to be over here or even in the next room, but the phone's right there. It makes sense, I yeah, guess. I agree. From a TV show standpoint. We uh, also get a slight timeline thing, not enough to do a whole timeline segment here mm -hmm. but Sean has a mom <laughs> literally wrote that down Sean yep. has a mom note uh, it in most characters we don't have to note that they have uh, parents but Sean seems important yeah we have to we have he gets to a little dicey Sean every time they say anything about his family it's gonna be important <laughs> for the, compiling the timeline or never be mentioned ever again well, but it but it's our... important to have us make sense of it. <laughs> yeah, if we're trying to if we're trying to make sense of the whole Boy Meets World timeline, Sean's family is going to be a piece of that. <clears throat> a p real piece of work is the piece they're going to be. Um, and then uh, Carrie Russell, or I guess Jessica, if you prefer, and Eric come back um, from the carnival with a giant giraffe mm -hmm. that is bigger than Morgan. Yes, and it's just a feeny family trait that they are just totally aware when people are trying to pull the wool over their eyes. Because she totally, totally just knows that Morgan is manipulating Eric, but is just there for it. <laughs> yeah, she's there for it. She gets Eric to give her the sunglasses, which I don't care what I got. My Nintendo Switch, giving it away for Carrie Russell. <laughs> But yes, they get back. Uh, Morgan is still in her I love Eric mm -hmm. um, mode, which is a delight every what time you see Eric him. is such a generous boy. <laughs> or whatever it is that she says. I didn't write it down. Uh, she she wears the sunglasses and says, Eric is such a good looking boy. That's right. That makes more sense. <laughs> Here, here's my question. How much money would it cost to play skee-ball constantly for four hours? Oh, gosh. I could just go and say, hey, how about I give you 50 bucks? You give me that stuff, giraffe. Yeah, no joke, because skee-ball for four hours. Yikes, because it didn't take that long to play a game of skee-ball. No. Let me count. You could probably play a game of skee-ball in a minute. Yeah. So that's 240 games of skee-ball. Yeah, and I feel like you're not very good at it, right? Like, I don't know. It's been a really long time since I've played skee-ball. You can be good at skee-ball. There's probably YouTube videos out there of people just like... Well, I'm not saying you can't be. I'm saying if it took Eric four hours. Yeah, he's probably really bad. He's probably really bad. He's at sinking it, right? those hundred point shots over and over and over again. Yeah, I was always really bad at skee balls, so I'm not one to. Yeah, we're not judging you, Will Friedle. <laughs> no, you got to kiss Carrie Russell in this episode. You win. <laughs> 
He just made, well, Eric at least is bad at skee ball. Yeah, they have, uh, is this our first on-screen kiss? I think it is. No, Corey and Topanga. Never mind. Yes. Sorry, Eric. You don't get that one. Um, but then. How as, could we forget that? Yeah, no joke. It's kind of foundational. <laughs> it's kind of important. And then, uh, as Eric and Carrie Russell are making out, uh. Corey is watching. Corey is watching. His face. It's just a delight to watch. It is. Just absolutely. disgusted, puzzled, confused. But I don't understand because he's already kissed a girl. He knows what's up. Yeah, he knows what's up. But his face was also very confused then. So Yeah, maybe he's sitting here thinking, why didn't he freeze up when he kissed her? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I even have a note, Corey's face. You're right. And uh, Sean and Alan show up, tease him a little bit. Um, it's pretty great. Don't mm-hmm. have a lot to say about it. Yeah, thinking out is not a spectator sport. <laughs> they clap. And they all just applaud. Uh, you know, this is a trope in like older sitcoms that I don't know how I feel about. But when Alan's like, she's related to Feeny? Nice. <laughs> that's a teenage girl. Uh-huh. We're supposed to assume that that's a 15-year-old. Uh-huh. Like, Alan. What are you doing? Yeah, like, I know that I've made comments about Carrie Russell in this episode, but I've also grown up with her, know how she is as an adult. If it was just her in this episode, wouldn't think that way. But I know, she's still smoking today. Um, Oh, Chance, don't ever change. But, yeah... Is that, a, is that an okay trope? It kind of feels creepy to me. I think it it's creepy. Yeah, I, I think it is. Now, I mean, I guess it's impossible not to notice if a girl looks like a movie star, which Kara Russell obviously does. She is a literal movie star. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe hard not to notice even when you're older, but like to comment like, nah, hi. Yeah, just a bit, more than a bit creepy. Yeah, it's not a it's not a trope I'm okay with, especially in this day and age when we know bad things have happened. Uh-huh. Um, I just yeah, don't do that. Don't do that, Alan. Yeah, Alan, come on, man. Um, Sean walks by and says, "Eric, the lip master." <laughs> so. <laughs> Which maybe that's where Sean's first glimmer of what's to come. Yeah. He's just like, oh, so this is what you do. This is what you do. Okay. He, he's been trying to live up to someone kissing someone who looks like Carrie Russell his entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they have that moment. Sean uh, leaves, makes a couple jokes. Um, here is my question. Well, not really a question. It's more of a piece of trivia. So apparently, I read online that because of this scene, I think it's this scene, I well, okay. Let me let me back up. So Sean and Eric share very little screen time throughout mm-hmm. the entire series, and the stated reason in some interviews is that Ryder Strong and Wilfredell cracked each other up so much. And I think this is probably the scene that where starts that, that starts. <laughs> that would be very hard. Yeah. But, but it's a big but conspiracy. Eric was fine with cracking up and having to redo the scene because he needed to get to kiss Carrie Russell again. Oh! So it's all set up because he just wanted to kiss her again. <laughs> but Wolf in doing so, it created this fog that was going to hang over the entire rest of the show. Uh, Wilfred L., please confirm. Did you and Ryder Strong start cracking up uh, to redo scenes just so you can kiss Carrie Russell more? That's my question. We need to know. Um, Inquiring minds want to know. Just the two of us. But we'll share with all of our millions of listeners that we no doubt have by now. But yeah, you can look up those interviews where uh, Ryder Strong and Wilfred L. talk about how they just couldn't do scenes together. They laughed too much. Um, Which I think is a delightful thing to know. Uh It's just like, it's fun. It's not like they didn't do scenes because they really hated each other's guts 
So look that up. We love you guys. Please come on the show and tell us about it. Um, maybe that's not even true. Then uh, Alan and Corey walk into the mm-hmm. kitchen, and it's just covered in muffins. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Dry muffins, turns out, which is... So it's covered in muffins. Don't know how they had the stuff to make those muffins. Just a modern 90s pantry filled with flour and sugar. Yep. Corey is obviously disappointed. Something he was looking forward to didn't happen. Though, the actor does not seem all that disappointed. Like, he's just like, meh. He doesn't seem... Uh He's he's felt enough feelings. He's had some time to process. Yeah. And now here he is. He's just... I'm disappointed, but what's what am I going to do about it? Yeah. He's already come to terms with it before. He's like, I'll call Sean and we'll go bowling and like turn it around. But then he realizes that Sean went off with his dad. So he's just kind of like, okay. What do I do? What a bummer. Um, yeah, it's... He doesn't seem that bummed out, but he I guess he is technically with the uh, with the mm-hmm. episode the way it is. Um, and then his dad, and he's like, would grandma ever do this to you? Turns out, yeah. Yeah. He gives him a list of categories of ways she's done it to him. Uh, what is it? Sports something and rocket ships. Mm-hmm. So he went with rocket ships and explained how he was supposed to go to the science museum for the man in space exhibit. Doesn't get the permission slip returned by his mom, so he doesn't go, um, which is a bummer. But then she loads him up in the Winnebago which even back then they were Winnebago people I guess and drove down to oh, Cape Canaveral I like to think they lived in the caravan like his entire his entire childhood, childhood. Um, but yeah so they went to Cape Canaveral to see the Mercury 3 launch which we determined is 1961 mm-hmm. first man first American in outer space um, this gives us an important timeline piece that we'll get to here in a sec but we can kind of get an age range of Alan's of Alan by figuring out okay, if he was in school in 61 he's between this age and this age mm-hmm. we'll do that calculation live on the air it's going to be very exciting but let's finish out the episode first um so basically I guess the moral of the story is that even though she let him down she loves you so much that she'll make it up to you mm-hmm. and in like a really big way yeah uh, spoiler alert never happens so I guess the I guess we kind of see at the end though when they're talking about the Cal Ripken card they're just like there's no way she got this for seven bucks this is easily like worth a hundred dollars or more mm-hmm. so yeah. maybe she did get it at a swap meet because that's swap meets I guess but she, also maybe she did do this big grand gesture getting the card Johnny Cash I Maybe she did Can shoot somebody. <laughs> she could have shot somebody. She seems the type. I don't uh, know what that means. Yeah, she shows. She's back a person. Up. Yeah. Yes. She <clears throat> shows back up um, at the at, at the place. Um, you never change, mom. Would you want me to, Alan? No. Which maybe you know maybe change a little. Just a little. <laughs> um, not that. Maybe call before you come. Yeah, or like you know call and tell Corey, hey, I can't make it, so he's not like sitting around all day making all these muffins, wasting <laughs> all of our groceries. Yeah, bad muffins apparently. Yeah. What a waste. Um, I also took note, Alan's getting stuff for sandwiches in this scene, but he just fiddles with the stuff. He never, like, starts making the sandwich. Like, he moves the bag. Yeah, well, he touches they're making the a sandwich as a sacred <laughs> thing that they do. So yeah. if he's talking, he's not going to make a sandwich during that time. He's not going to make a sandwich while talking. Um, Eric bursts back in. Apparently he went back to Carrie Russell, um, which, of course he did, but... Uh, but Mr. Feeney comes <laughs> chasing after him. After he, Eric tells... Say I've been in my room for 20 minutes. The past 20 minutes studying. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, Eric's Alan been in his it. room for the last 20 minutes. 
Yeah. Uh, with Eric supplying the 20 in that sentence. Uh-huh. Um, a very funny moment. Uh, the golden girl, I forget her name. Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan. Actually, they never say her name in the episode. Just either. Grandma. Yeah, just Grandma. Uh, I was trying to think, what's her name in the episode? She doesn't have one. Um, I'm doing the Carrie Russell bit, but I didn't mean to do that with Rue McClanahan. I, mm-hmm. I just don't know. Uh, you got the hots for old Rue, too, huh? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, they, she has a great back and forth with Mr. Feeney. Uh-huh. What is the Kiwanis Club? I have no idea. I've never known. If you know, dear listener, what the Kiwanis Club is, please kindly tweet at us. BG World Fever. And I mean kindly, don't be mean. Twitter's a mean enough place. It's true. It's true. Um, tweet at us. Uh, it, it reminds me, did you do Awanas? I did not, but I know Awanas. Okay. I never did either. Um, I did recently learn that they have like a song or a pledge or something that's real creepy. After after this podcast, I'll show you the lyrics of that. But it is disturbing, to cool. say the least. Um, but that being said, we don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about that on our... The Kiwanis do? Awana. Or the Awanas? Awanas. It's just what it made me think of. Mm-hmm. Um, is the Awanas Club in there? creepy lyrics of their song look it up uh i'll show cameron after we we're done and that's all i've got yeah that's pretty much it yeah um i'll go ahead and start the re- the the sum up i think mm-hmm. it's a great episode um it's very a delight uh the most laughing i've done mm-hmm. in an episode so far um not a lot of heartfelt stuff i think i think the, the res- grandma talk at the end it's okay was. There, there wasn't, at least in based on the relationship between Alan and his mom, there wasn't ever going to be a resolution. Yeah. Of like, this is all going to work out and she's going to change or she's going to come through. It's like, she's not going to come through and that's who she is, but then she's going to do something else another time. That's yeah. going to be special and it's going to be really nice. What stinks for Corey is that his brother and sister both got something. Got their... Got their, their trip and their time together. And he didn't. Where could she have gone? I don't know. Yeah, maybe they went to play bingo. I don't know. Um, That resolution is a little lame for me. Um, She never is really held accountable for letting people down. Um, Maybe she doesn't have to be. I mean, sometimes that's just life and people have personalities. Uh, There was a guy I worked with for a while who, who was always 10 minutes late always always and you know you're kind of annoyed but then you know he's such a likable guy and when he's there he always gives 110 percent and it was just like eventually it just kind of became a joke like steven's always late um mm-hmm. and we love you steven yes we do we i think love i know steven you know Is it the steven i'm thinking of yeah cafe steven um, but yeah, so Steven was always late, became a joke, and, uh, yeah, we loved it. it, we loved it, we loved him, um, so I guess that's maybe real life, it's maybe not the most satisfying thing to watch. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it more than makes up for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, like, that's not what I'm really, when I come away from this episode, that's not what I'm thinking about. Yes. I'm not thinking about the unresolved grandma storyline, even though that's the A-plot of the episode. I feel like the Eric and Jessica Carrie and Russell. Maureen, Carrie, yes, Carrie Russell's her name. You ever <laughs> heard of her? But their, their kind of B-plot is just so good and so hilarious that it takes over in my mind everything that's happening in the episode. Absolutely, yeah. The the grandma's performance, even not the specifics of her performance, just like its energy and uh, the Eric and Carrie Russell bits are are what rule this episode is my favorite episode so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually going to give it an eight, but in talking about this and how fond I am of it, um, I'm definitely giving it an eight point five. That's I what I gave it to. I think it's so. Not quite as high for me as Killer B. Because Killer B. It hits an emotional. Part it really it resonates with me, but this one this one just made me laugh a lot. So this one's got an eight. Point five <clears throat> final. I mm-hmm. think the I think obvious it's... title for this is Boy Meets Grandma. That's what I wrote too. Yeah, Boy Meets Grandma. Um, I would like to propose Boy Meets Carrie Russell. <laughs> 
Um, but I guess the boy technically refers to Corey. We could call it boy does not meet Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> boy does not meet Cal Ripken Jr. That's a good one. I guess in our lexicon, the official title would be boy meets grandma. Um, the chance approved title, boy, boy meets, meets Carrie Russell. Russell. Alternate Colon, title. boy does not meet Cal, Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> Um, I think those are good. MVP. Eric. It, it really is Eric, though I would argue Carrie Russell's the MVP because she brings all that out in Eric. That's um, true. But but since it has to be a character on the show and I don't want the MVP to be just Jessica, I guess Eric. Eric MVP. Yeah, because we're not going to look back at this in three years and look at our MVP list that we're clearly keeping and <laughs> writing down and say, who's Jessica again? Oh, yeah. Carrie Russell. That's right. Carrie Russell. Um, I really did write down KR in all my notes. I never once <laughs> referred to her as Jessica. <laughs> that is a true story. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, next week, we will be doing episodes 108 and 109. Uh, let me look up those titles real quick. One of them is Teacher's Bet. Teacher's that's Bet. That's the next one. Yeah, that's going to be uh, 108. It's a real heavy hitter, actually. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a heavy hitter. Not that we know that right now, because we're not taking future knowledge into account as much as we can. So Teacher's Bet is it's 108, and Class Pre-Union mm. is 109. Um, so watch those for next week, um, where we may or may not have a guest. And it may or may not be Carrie Russell. It's not Carrie Russell. Let's just be honest right now. Um, in the meantime, you can email us uh, at bgworldfever at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at bgworldfever. Uh, once again, the BG is boy-girl because we are also going to do Girl Meets World mm-hmm. in the show. And BMW is a car. Yeah. Oh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't do timeline. Let's do that real quick. Okay. We just had a little bit to add. Sean has a mom. Yep. Sean has a mom. Amy does real estate. Amy does Part-time. Real Those are sort of... I mean, we said Alan owns a grocery store or manages a grocery store. We have to... Yeah. This was nineteen ninety. <clears throat> 93, right? 93 still, yes. So this was 93, 61, that would have been 30, so 30, two years prior. 32 years prior, and he was in school, so Didn't that would say be... say what grade, but... So do we want to do 1 to 12, or do we want to assume he was in grade school? I was going to say grade school. So anywhere between the ages of, uh, what? 6 and 12. Well, it's probably not going to be as young as six. I think we can probably. In my mind, he's about eight, eight to twelve. Eight to twelve. So he's anywhere from forty to forty-four. Yeah. I would say that's right. Eric is confirmed as 15. Well, it can't be 44, <clears throat> can it? Because that would mean he was two when the trip happened. Because it was 32 years ago. So he would have been, he's at least 40 then, right? Because 40, he would have been eight years older. 62, huh? 40 to 44 years old. Yeah. Not any younger than that. Which seems really old for him, actually. Mm-hmm. Especially since we know Feeney's only... And I feel like they are pretty... What did we write down? I wrote down for Feeney's age. Yeah, we have Feeney's age. We're looking back in our notes. This is probably great audio. Uh, Father knows. I put him about 57 years. Yeah. So There's no way. Alan being 44 seems like a stretch. I could see Late 30s. Late 30s. Probably. Um, we'll get better. I think feel like we'll get better uh, insight. We'll hone in on it later. But 44, right now, I mean, if we're putting down an official timeline, I think 40 to 44 is kind of where we have to go right now. Um, yeah. And if something contradicts this later, we have to figure that out because we are taking everything they say about the timeline as canon. Mm-hmm. It is all canon. There is no non-canonical. Nope. Even if something completely... Disregard, disregards what we what we know to be true. We have to figure out how that's mm-hmm. canon. It must be reconciled. That this is a sacred show. Um, so yes, this has been uh, Boy Meets World Fever. I think we did plugs mm-hmm. for the podcast. Uh, tell us uh, your haikus. 
Tell us uh, what you like to bake. Uh-huh. Uh, tell us anything you want. Leave us reviews wherever you leave podcast reviews. Yes. And We're almost to the point where we are going to be putting these out there. So yeah. soon, maybe the next episode or maybe the one after that, we will be in real time. Yes. Being having some of your questions, some of your comments, if you have any. Bless you. Yep. We we hope to have guests soon, our friends, um, maybe people who just love Boy Meets World. Um, maybe someday the cast. Lee Norris. Minkus. Uh, himself. I wonder what's a, happening to Lee Norris. We should be look a major up. get. Oh, absolutely. Uh, mouth in One Tree Hill. Absolutely delightful. Uh, Lee Norris, we love you. Show. And Girl Meets World. Yep, he reprises, reprises his role as Minkus. Um, so yeah, that ha- that is it for us. Uh, I'm Chance. And I'm Cameron. Here to say, so long world, or as they say at Corey's new school, so long world in, in Latin. Latin.